I'm going to share uh, from Luke 24 to begin with. Luke 24, there's a lot, and then I'm going to bounce around to a few other places. Um, again, we've just been talking about what I feel are, are, are the call of the house, if you will, the call of our church, and, and what he's doing here is a real big deal. It's a real big deal. And what he's, what he's doing here is it's, it's affecting more than just here. Um, I received a text. You know, we were in Columbia and received a text yesterday when I was working. And, and uh, they had a prayer meeting that's typically been a women's prayer meeting, and um, been a men's prayer meeting, and they had men and women show up because they wanted to be in the house of the Lord praying. And, uh, and they prayed yesterday for three hours. <laughs> and so, so what the Lord's doing here is affecting not just us, but, but a lot of others, and I'm thankful for that. Um, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to wrap my mind around it sometimes. But anyway, I want to read from uh, Luke 24, and then because uh, um, I really don't have much of an introduction, I just want to get into this thing. But starting with verse 13. <clears> hmm. <throat> It says, and behold, two of them, this is after Jesus has been resurrected, but it says, and behold, two of them were going that very day to, to the village, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about these things which had taken place. They were talking about the crucifixion of Jesus, and so, so Jesus, had been, Jesus was crucified, he was died, he was put in the grave, and, 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 and they didn't know, even though he told them what was going to happen, they didn't quite understand what was going to happen. Hmm. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached them and began traveling with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. I actually think that this is a, a, a verse that, that really is talking about, not only then, but I actually think it's talking about this hour that we live in, is, is that there are a lot that's not really recognizing Jesus moving right here and right now. And, and I've heard a lot of things that, that well, come 2021 or, or come, come next year, it's going to be better. And, and I'm like, like it's, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on that I don't really care for. And I've been pretty, I think, pretty honest and transparent about it. But, but Jesus is moving in this hour. And, 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 and he's, he's doing things. I, I think what he's doing among us with this, with this house of prayer, this harp and bow thing, I think this is the thing that he's doing on the earth as he's raising up companies of people that worship and pray, that draw his presence, and his presence begins to transform areas, neighborhoods, cities, nations. And so, so he's moving right now, let me say that. All right, but they were prevented from recognizing him. I actually think those that were or prevented from recognizing him are those that are wanting him to do the exact same thing he was doing pre-COVID nineteen, and 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 they're so hell bent on him repeating what he was doing. They're missing out on the new thing that he's doing, which is really the definition of religion is is that it's doing the right thing for too long, and 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 just because it started off one way doesn't mean it's always going to stay that way, right? In fact, in fact, he always does new things. And I want to be the one that's on board. Like when he's over here doing something, I want to be right there with him. I don't want to be perfecting the last thing that he did because I'm really good or I'm gifted at doing the last thing that he did. If he moves on, I want to move on. All right. And he said to them, what are these words that are exchanged? What are these words that you are exchanging with another as you're walking? As they 
as they stood still, looking sad, one of them answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting, unaware of the things which would have happened here in these days? He's, and it's like, do you live in a cave? That's what he's asking Jesus. Like, like do you not know what's going on? And he said to him, what things? I love that. The things about Jesus the Nazarene, the, 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 who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, in the sight of God and all the people. Verse 20, and how the chief of priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all these things, it was the third day since these things happened. But also some women among us amazed us when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who had said that he was alive. Some of, uh, some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the woman also had said, but they did not see. And, they, and he said to them, O foolish men, <laughs> slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken, was it, not, was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Verse 27, the beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them all the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. And as they approached the village where they were going, and he acted as, though, as if though he were going a little further. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it's getting towards evening, and the day is nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he had reclined at the table with them, he took bread and blessed it, and breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. And verse 32 is where I'm going to focus on this morning. They said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road and while he was explaining the scriptures to us? And they got up that very hour, returned to Jerusalem, and found gathered together the eleven of those who were with him, saying, The Lord really is risen as he appeared to Simon. They began to relate their experience on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of bread. Okay, Jesus, I need your help. All right, so, so here's, there's a whole lot there, and I really just want to focus on that one verse, that, that, that he's resurrected, he's living, he, he's risen from the grave, and he actually walks with them and spends the day with them, and they didn't recognize him. Like, that's mind-boggling to me. They were walking with him and did not recognize him. And, and, and I don't know if you, you've ever been places or uh, I'll go places and people come up and they'll start talking like they've known me forever. And, and I'm like, that's good, man, <laughs> right? That's good, dude or sister. And like, I have no clue, but they know who we are. And, 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 and they were walking with him and had no idea who he was, but they were so intrigued. Thank you, Bob. They were so intrigued by what he was saying to them and speaking to them in this time. And then they, when, they, when he finally reveals himself, and he's like, oh, there he is, and poof, he's gone. They said, were our hearts not burning when he was with us? See, I, I believe, and, and, and I believe the Lord's doing this, but I, I actually kind of think this is like the... 
You know, the Bible is full of contradictions, and somewhere between contradiction is revelation, right? Like, behold, I'm making all things new, and I do nothing new underneath the sun. Like, somewhere in between there is revelation, right? Yeah. Like, like, he does nothing new, but he's making all things new. Which one is it? Yes, it's, it's somewhere between there is revelation. So, 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 so here's this thing that he's doing. And I believe that in this hour, what God is doing is he's raising up people that actually recognize that he's walking with them. And, and if we believe the news cycle, we'll think that he's somewhere in outer space or, or we'll think he's out golfing somewhere because it's like, where in the world is he? And I, I just happen to think he's moving among us and in us if we'll get ears to hear and eyes to see. Now, we're being invited into this walk. Now, I love this because Jesus is the one that initiated this whole thing, is that he approaches them and starts walking with them. And, and, and we love because he first loved us, 1 John 4, 19. No one comes to the Father unless he draws them first, right? There's always that prevenient grace thing. And so Jesus, I believe he's trying to get people's attention. And rather than saying, I need to... I mean, I said this last week that, that we've been hoarding lots of stuff like TP and ammunition, but, but what we failed to realize is that we have him with us. <laughs> Were our hearts not burning within us while he was speaking? Heart, it, 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 means, it means obviously heart, it means inner self, it means your inner man, it means your spirit. It means you may not even understand what's going on, but you, your heart's beating out of your chest and you just, you just know that it's right in that moment. And I'll be honest, like a lot of times, even in this environment, when people come in here and worship or we'll give an honor call or we'll do something, a lot of times people have no clue what they're responding to. They just know it feels right. It's like I don't really, I, I heard teaching today and, 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 and it was, it, for, I mean, not, not this happens here, but, but it went over top of my head and I think I'll figure it out later. I just know what felt, I just want it, right? And so that we're our hearts not beating. It means inner man. It, it doesn't mean the literal heart. This is a reference to your inner self, including your mind, your will, and your emotions. And they were, were we not coming alive? Were we not feeling like we were alive in this moment where we were sad and discouraged and upset? Were we not coming alive in that moment that he was walking with us? Burning were our hearts, were, was our hearts not burning, burning, consumed, ignited like a, like a wick? Did it not feel like that we were cold and all of a sudden just fire comes? Like, 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 like again, this is a really significant moment. They're not saying we, we weren't, you know, were we not in the presence of good company? Were we not in the presence of a friend? Were we not in the presence of someone that emotionally and, and, and intellectually stimulated? They said, no. There was a flame. There was a flicker given in that moment. How did we not even recognize that what was going on? And now, I'll say this, that I think oftentimes that we walk with the Lord, and when we walk with the Lord, like he's, he's a lot of us, we, we, we recognize we have a flame. We recognize that he's done something in our hearts. But what I think the Lord's doing in this hour is saying, I've given you this flame. I'm ready to increase that flame if you'll recognize it's me in this new thing I'm doing. So I'm not saying there's a lack of flame. I'm saying that 
I'm saying I believe the Lord is, uh, to use Graham Cook language, the Lord's giving an upgrade in flames, if you will. Like, like he's giving like 2.0 or 27.2 or whatever. Like he's just really, really upgrading it right now. And those that have ears to hear will say, you know what, I'm going to embrace this life. I'm going to embrace this lifestyle of going and seeking after God. I'm, I'm not worried about being entertained like, like a bunch of sheep or anything like that. What I'm, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm going to go steward my individual flame. And when I come together, my flame actually increases, right? Because I feel your fire, your fire, so on and so forth. It's just like the more that gets together, the bigger that this thing goes. And it says that he was speaking. And I love this. The word speaking means that he was speaking freely. Like Jesus was holding nothing back. Like what would it look like if we got to the point that he didn't feel like he had to hold back? Hmm. The Christian life is meant to be walking with him day in and day out. And, and you guys know this, but being on fire. I feel like I have one message. This is it. Let's just burn as hard as we can for Jesus. And, and then there are days when you're down and discouraged and someone comes and Someone comes and puts their arm around you and speaks an encouraging word to you. Like, like that. this is the point of following Christ Jesus, is going after Him and going after Him with, our, with all of our might and soul and all of our strength. And, and, we, and, then, and loving our neighbors, we love ourselves. But then when those moments come, when we're struggling, someone comes around because their fire is to the degree it needs to be burning. And, and so, so here's, here's the question is, is how, how were they walking with Jesus and didn't recognize Jesus? I mean, was he wearing long sleeves and you couldn't see the holes in his wrist, right? Or, or, or did he have closed-toe shoes so you couldn't see the holes in his feet that day? Like, like, like they, they should have been able to recognize because he still has those in, on his hands, right? But anyway, they, they should have recognized it was him, but how did they not? <coughs> and I think, I think it's because this is that they were so traumatized by what had happened that they failed to see what he was doing in the moment. He, they were so traumatized by what had happened, they failed to see what he was doing in that moment. And so, so for us, and like, I even found myself here recently, it's like, it's like when you're going through hard seasons, we make our season bigger than what he is. And, and, and we fail to see the nuances of what he's doing in the moment, right? We fail to see the, the ebbs and flows of the Spirit. We fail to see him in our day-to-day life because we're focusing on the great big thing. And even though I'm saying that, I'm like, I'm thinking like yesterday I was, I was, I was grumpy, I was rude, and I was frustrated all day. And yet I had two people come up to, I don't even know who they are, but they came to me and said... I'll be honest, like I was pouting yesterday. I was throwing myself a pity party. I had two people, I don't know who they are, came and said, you're the preacher man, aren't you? I said, would you pray for this? And they gave me the request and they walked off at work. And I prayed, but I just, now the Lord just brought that to my mind. See, when you make everything going on around you a bigger deal, we don't see what he's doing in the moment. 
And they're tore up because he's been crucified. And not only because he's been crucified and dead and buried, like his body's gone. And they're confused by it, even though he said, three days later, I'm going to rise again. Like they, they still didn't get what he was doing. And in that moment, in that moment, they're walking with him. And he's given them words of life that, that, they, that should have ignited the fire, but they didn't even recognize what was happening in that moment. And, and I believe that what the Lord is doing right now, and, and, and I, maybe I'm just preaching to myself today, but, but what the Lord is doing right now is giving us a fire that we're going to be able to recognize Him day in and day out and moment by moment by moment, despite what's going on in our lives. And, and like, like what's going on in our life doesn't negate the fact that He's still alive and on the throne, right? And, and besides the fact that there's a global pandemic on there, like He's really, really moving right now I, I'll be like I am I heard it this week I had two phone calls this week and saying we're just waiting for 2021 to start over because maybe by then this thing will be over and I almost want to I like I didn't say it but, but I sure wanted to I felt it rise up in me to saying like if we don't get on board with the move of God right now we're going to be six or seven months behind where we're supposed to be because he's moving right now man I think there's like I, I don't want to and and I, I don't want to acquiesce six months of territory to the enemy. I want to acquiesce it. I I I don't want to say all right. You you go ahead and run rampant for six more months or and I'm not saying like it may carry over. I don't know, but 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 I'm not going to say you go ahead and do what you want for six months. We're not going to do anything about. It. It's like no. I'm going to go get alone with him and I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe and he's going to help me to recognize that he's walking in the middle of this stuff right here and right now. We. Like we see, we 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 saw him move this week, in in a place that 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 like, and they may go back and watch this. this is okay. I'm not going to say anything that I wouldn't say in front of them. But I know your family ministered there like three years ago, right? It was hard two years ago. It was a hard place. It didn't feel hard this week, did it? It was easy. We saw all kinds of stuff. Saw people getting healed, delivered, no one laying hands on it. It was just, the Lord was just moving. It was amazing. And so, like, he's moving in the middle of this. He's moving in the middle of this. And, 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 and I'm not saying it's not real because I believe it's real. I'm just saying it's not going to change what we're going after in this house, all right? Now, the Lord is inviting us to walk with him with hearts that are burning and never go back to the way it was before. See, see, th this is the new thing he's doing. And, and now, whether or not there's a pandemic going on or not, I believe the Lord would still be calling people to walk with him in a way that's different from where they walked with him before. And, and, and like, I want to, 30 years from now, I want to be more on fire than I am today. Like my prayer has been this, that when I get to retirement age, that I don't retire and, and, and sit back and take it easy. Like I'm, I hope and I pray that my prayer life is greater than it's ever been when I'm 65 years old than it is when I'm 38 years old. 
I'm hoping and praying I spend more time in the Word when I'm 70 years old than I did when I first became a Christian in this book. Like every page, I was weeping and crying over every page, right? Like I, I, I want, I don't want to be like, well, I'm done. It's time for you all to take it over. Like, like I want to be sitting down there with hot tears streaming down my face more than I ever have because I understand what he's doing in that moment. Like, like I love what he's doing now, but I can't wait to see what he does then, right? It's that type of a mindset. Now, Genesis 5.21 is one of my favorite verses or favorite stories in the Bible, and it's real short, but Genesis 5.21 says, Enoch lived for 65 years and became the father of Methuselah. I've talked part of this before. Then Enoch walked with God 300 years after he became the father of Methuselah and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Verse 24, Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God to, God raptured him. <laughs> Those that are praying for the rapture, like, it, it's not going to happen the way we think it's going to happen. It's not going to happen according to Kirk Cameron, all right? It's just not. One day we're going to get caught up in the, cla- like, 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 think about it, like, like, how, like one day Jesus is going to return and is, like, are, are we going to wave, like, as we're crossing paths in the sky, are we going to be like, see you later, Jesus, and he's coming here, and we float up to heaven? Like, I think that's what people think. All right, sorry. <laughs> he's coming to establish his kingdom here on earth, right? And where he is, that's where heaven is. But anyway, all right, so, so, so this was the original rapture. Enoch was walking with God, and God went poof, and took him, and he did not experience death. Now, the word walk meant that he walked with God, he went with God, he traveled with God, and, and without any particular destination in mind, meaning that Lord's like, I'm here, and Enoch walks here. Lord's like, here, and Enoch goes here. It, it wasn't like, one, two, three, four, I'm getting to this point. Enoch just went living his life, following the ebbs and flows of what the Lord was doing. And the ultimate destination was the Lord God himself, right? And a lot of us, a lot of us, we want the Lord to say this, this, and this, and this is where we're headed. And I'm becoming more and more convinced that the Lord doesn't show you the whole thing when he wants us to be okay with april's been actually saying this a lot lately that the lord is a lamp unto our feet and light unto our path right that verse and i think it's out of psalms 34 or not psalms what 34 but the really really long psalm is psalm 118 i believe but <laughs> 119 thank you Anyway, the Lord's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We want him to be a light unto our path so we see the whole thing. But most of the time, he's only a lamp unto our feet. And so, so he walked without a particular destination in mind. Man, and it's like, Lord, I just want to get to the point to where I'm just walking with no... I, it's not saying I shouldn't have dreams and goals and visions. It just means that I'm more excited about him being there with me in the moment than I am about what he's doing 25 years from now or when I finally get all my ducks in a row, right? Or when I finally get all the pieces to fall together. And, and I'm becoming convinced that, that most of my adult life 
life I've wasted because I've always thought about what's next or, or what's it going to be like when this happens and, and what's going to be like when we get this thing or we buy this one thing and do this other thing. And, and let me tell you, like it feels good for a moment, but time and time again, like those endorphins, they wear off and you feel empty and run down and left out time and time and time again. And I believe the Lord's raising up a people that burn with him in the moment, that burn with him in the moment. These things are really great, but they're only temporal. These things are good, but they're only last for just a short, short while. What I have right here in this moment, it's everything to me. I don't know if anyone can relate to that, right? First time I bought a new car, I was so excited. That wore off six months later. Then I wanted another one thinking that would fix that itch. So I went and got another one. Six months later, thought by buying a home, you know, all these things. They're wonderful things. But it's not, the, the American dream is not the end-all be-all. The dream is walking with him moment by moment by moment. But he walked with, the word with, it means accompanied by, it means, it means along with, and it means to coordinate direction together. It, it actually means that they were attached at the hip. So Enoch walked, went everywhere with the Lord to the point where he was literally attached at the hip with the Lord. Like you, could, you couldn't separate them. I think there was a prophetic picture of what Jesus prays in John 14, 15, 16, and 17, right? Those great, great passages of, of abiding. Like before, in a lesser covenant, Enoch had learned how to abide. With no indwelling Holy Spirit, Enoch was so full of faith that he learned how to abide. Like that's wild to me. And so he walked with God and, and it says, and he was not for God took him. And this is what's been speaking to me so much just the last 24 hours in particular is that whole aspect of, of he was not for God took him. What would it look like for a people to say like, like one of my favorite songs, uh, worship leaders, is a guy named Chris Burns and he's a big rowdy, like just, he, if he wasn't a Christian, I'm sure he'd be, be playing in honky-tonk bars. Like, that's just what he reminds me of. But anyway, like, like he's got the song, I'm going for a walk, just like Enoch, and I'm never coming back again. What would it look like if we said, I'm going on a walk with him, and who I was the moment I decided to walk, I'm never going back to that moment again. I'm never going back and revisiting that past. Now, now we should remember the past and honor the past when the Lord moves. We celebrate what he has done. But a lot of times what happens is we go back to those moments of trauma, the moments of defeat, the moments of hurt, the moments of insult, the moment of pain, and we go back there and we set up shop right there. And then before you know it, that thing, it sucks the life out of us, right? And then we're not as on fire as we used to be. And I believe the Lord is raising up people in this hour that says, this is who I was last year at this time but I don't even recognize him because I went with a walk with God or I went on a walk with God and I, I didn't come back 
when I, the person that came back, this totally different because I've been changed and transformed. He's, he, he's, instead, of, instead of what the church has done the last 55, 60 years, is prayed for Jesus to rapture them from the planet so we can escape the problems. And, uh, and, and that's what we've been doing. Instead of praying like that, saying, Lord, I'm just going to walk with you and I'm never coming back. Not because you're pulling me from the planet like you did Enoch, but because you've transformed me from the inside out to such a degree that I'm not even tempted to go back to where I was or I'm afraid to go back to where I was. He's looking for people that are more on fire today than they were yesterday. He's looking for people that say, you know what? This is where it was. It's no longer this way. And so then, then when we come across folks, when we come across... When we come across folks, when we come across folks, then they're like, well, I, you, you seem different. You seem changed. I am. The best thing we can do for the world around us is to go on a walk and never come back again. Yeah. Let me say it again. The best thing that we can do for those around us is to go on a walk and never come back. The me that was filled with anger, the me that was filled with lust or greed, the me that was filled with set, like I went on a walk, he's not coming back again. You know, like very practically, like that, he's not coming back, right? He's not coming back because I'm walking with him. The me that's here now, and I think sometimes we have to just speak this over ourselves when we don't feel it, but the me that's here now is on fire and is going to remain on fire, right? I'm just going to keep walking with him. That's, that's the invitation. Now, we, we know the story of, that well, he, it said that he gave birth to a son named Methuselah. That was the only son, and to me, that's one of the most significant things. Methuselah was in the Bible. Obviously, he's in the Bible. I just read him out of the Bible. But Methuselah is in the, Methuselah is in the Bible, lived longer than any other person in all of God's creation, all of recorded history history a little over 900 years and his name means son of Selah that's what Methuselah means so son of pausing in the presence and because a man because a man decided to walk with God he raised up a son that paused when the Lord's presence showed up and I think that's what we're learning how to do right here and right now is the our biological kids or the ones that we've taken on as our own or our spiritual sons and daughters like because we're choosing to walk with God when the Lord shows up, they won't be like, were our hearts not burning? It's like, man, he was there and my heart came fully alive and I'm pausing in what he's doing right now. I'm not moving from this moment. I'm not rushing on from this moment. I'm not going to be distracted and turn on this thing during this one. I am just going to enjoy what he's doing right here and right now because my pop, my dad, my mom decided to walk with God. This is what's important about what we're trying to do in this hour is that we're raising up people that learn to pause in the Lord's presence. All right. And our walk with God is meant to change the planet. Okay. Our walk with God is meant to change the planet. At first, when I put this in my notes, I, I said I, our walk with God is meant to change our families and our neighborhoods, which it is. But I felt that wasn't faith-filled enough. 
Like, like, it's like what the Lord is using this little company of people for, I, I just want to believe it's going to touch the globe. It doesn't mean it's going to be big, but it's big, right? And I hope it's big, but it doesn't, whatever. I'm just saying what God is doing in this, God is going to use this thing. All right, so, 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 so our walk is meant to cause global influence. Look at, look at Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, I'm just going to read the first few verses. I'm going to read verse 1 and verse 4, actually. Okay, so John the Beloved, John the Revelator, right? John, the one whom Jesus loved. He didn't even put his own name in his own gospel. He just happened to say the one whom Jesus loves because that was the most important thing about himself. He gets caught up in this vision. And by the way, I, 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 just, uh, I, I just, well, I just love Revelation. It's been coming really alive in this season to me. Revelation 2.1, he gets caught up and he sees this prophetic vision and he hears this and this is what Jesus says. He says, to the angel in the church of Ephesus, right, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands says this. And he goes on, but the very first church that he addresses is the church in Ephesus, now, what's incredible to me is, is, is I've been going through Revelation almost word by word and, and reading it and studying it out, actually writing what they all mean because when I put things to writing instead of typing, I remember it better. And uh, so anyway, so I'm going through this thing and Ephesus, the word Ephesus means this, desirable or darling, it's what a bridegroom would call his bride. The word Ephesus, the megachurch on the planet, right? The megachurch on the planet, John calls it the church in Ephesus, the place that's desirable, the place that's lovely, the place that is darling. It's the most prominent church in the world at this time. And, 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 and not only was it like the largest church in the world at this time, but it was in the most influential city at this time as well. Uh, uh, Ephesus, it, it was known for several different things. It, it, was, it was located in Asia. It had the temple of, of Artemis there, which was a, a false god, and, and which was actually one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. So it was known for that, right? It also had an amphitheater that held 50,000 people, which is mind-boggling. So, so imagine pre, pre-microphone days, they had an amphitheater built that could seat 50,000 people that they would do plays and lectures and things like that. And then also, Ephesus was a major trading city. So, so, so Ephesus is really important, and actually, Ephesus was a major trading city that had a route that would go. It actually had two, uh, I'm sorry, it had three trade, major trade routes that all intersected through the city. I actually think it's similar to what Louisville looks like if you want to get down to it because we have 65, we have 64, and we have 71. And not only that, we have the Ohio River and we have an international airport. They actually was right on the water as well. So they had international shipping right there as well in Ephesus. And so it was a cultural hub. It was a hub of a business and, and agriculture, it, it was like the place to be at the time, all right? And they had the largest church on the planet. And why is that significant? Because I believe, and here in a second, here in a second we'll look at this, I believe it was important because it was a place that it, what it looks like when you begin to walk with God, the influence that it has on the globe around you. 
or on the planet around you. So John's caught up in a vision of the third heaven on the Isle of Patmos. He's, he's alone, he's, he's by himself, and he has this vision, and he tells this church, the very first message he tells to this church is, return to your first love. Return to that original flickering flame. Your heart was alive, let's make it alive once more. And why is this significant? Well, I think it's significant because they had fallen into... Which, it, by the way, it's amazing to me, the town was identified as darling, that we used for, as a bride, and John referred to himself as beloved. The one that was the epitome of beloved identity was no longer there because he used to oversee the whole thing. He was the bishop or the apostle over the whole thing. And the moment he leaves, they fall into ritualistic uh, religion, if you will. And they were trying to implement a lot of Jewish rigmarole, if you will, making a bigger deal about that stuff than they were just being burning for Jesus. Hmm. And he says, I have this thing against you. Verse 4, you've left your first love. And what I believe he's saying is you've walked away from the one that you were walking with. If we will walk with him, because I think Ephesus is the, the picture. I think if we will walk with him, and, and like, I almost feel like I shouldn't say stuff like this because I've, I'm afraid of what people will think, but then I'm like, no, I really need to because just one perking, per, Perkins, one Perkins, one person, one Perkins too, but one person walking with Jesus day by day by day has the ability to transform the globe. One church full of people walking with Jesus has the ability to do more than just have good church services. One person walking with Jesus has the influence, or one church walking with him has the ability to transform a city, a neighborhood, or a region, or even a planet. I was looking at, this morning I pulled it up because I was curious about it, but, but I think there were, I think last month, just like little things like this, I think last month there was like 42, 43 nations represented that downloaded messages last month alone out of this little dilapidated shopping center where half her people were out on vacation or traveling or not feeling well today. See, John's saying, look, you're in this position to broker forth transformation on the earth. And if you would just go back to the way you walked before. Now, I just said, I'm not walking the way I was, but they, they, had, they were walking this route and somehow they went back to this route, right? They left where they were going. He says, if you'll go back to that one thing, and if you'll make that one thing the big thing once more, you'll start walking in a way that transforms the globe. Now, the temple of Artemis, they would go and they would do all kinds of crazy and weird things to worship her. And they set up church right next to it. They set up the ecclesia in the darkest place on the planet. So it wasn't like they found the ideal location to, to start their church. They did it really right next door to hell. 
And actually, I think as C.T. Studd, the old evangelist, used to say that if he could build a rescue shop, he would build it 10 foot from hell and pull as many people from it as he possibly could, right? And so, so, so I think about what's going on in our city right now. I think about what's going on with, we have, we have all these things going on. I'm, just, I'm not going to name a lot of them, but I'll just say we have, we have a lot of mess going on. And I believe the Lord is calling a company of people to walk with him intimately so that it brings forth transformation. But the warning is it's, it's just hard sometimes. It's, it's, it just gets hard because there are moments, there's moments when it's easier than others. It's, it's, it's like, it's, it's really easy to love the Lord when we're in this building. We do on Tuesday after you've had a rough day and you get home at 6 p.m., right? And what do you do if you get a phone call or a text message that just irks you? Right. And like and not just one that's like annoying, but one that you obsessively read for a couple hours over and over and over. And just like, you got to be kidding me. Like 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 those are that's when it's hard. What do you do when you get a diagnosis? That's not the diagnosis you would hope for. What do you do if you tried to do something and you don't get approved for it, right? Or what do you do if you applied for a job and you don't get it? Or what do you do when you get an unexpected bill? Or what do you do when when you've got a lot, you know, what do you do what do you do when life happens? Then it's when then it's when we really got to press in. And then what what do you do when, when, when things change unexpectedly and, and we weren't hoping for that? Like, that, that's when it matters the most. Like, this, this is easy and this is fun. But that Tuesday afternoon at 6 p.m. or even Thursday morning at 8.35 in the morning, whatever, like, that's when we really find out how real this thing is to us. And the Lord, listen, listen, the Lord, he was walking, he was walking that road. And these guys were, they had just spent the last three years with him. And, and they should have been able to recognize him. And I believe the Lord is teaching us in this time. And, and I've been calling it the, the social media wilderness, or not social media, the social distancing wilderness. I think social media is a wilderness too. But, but the social distancing wilderness, the last few months, that's what I've been journaling through. But this time when we we can't be with people and then it's like down is up and up is down and left is right and and right is wrong and left is right like all these types of things like this is when we find out like I really do this is in my heart and I believe it and I'm going to walk in these ways and I believe that we're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living There's a bunch up here too. He's looking for us to live this out, man. I don't know how else to preach it. I don't know what else to say. I just think we ought to pray into it. But I, I think I think that this is the time for his church to really rise and shine. Isaiah 60, rise and shine for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is upon you. Like it's, it's time to live this out. And like 
I'll be like, in just full repentance, I'm, I'm tired of, I, I'm just tired of being fiery four or five days a week and have something that just sends me into a tailspin for a day. Maybe that's more honest than we like, but that's okay. Like, I, I, just, I, just, I just want to get to the point where I recognize them every moment. And my heart's burning. I had the thought the other day, and not that there's anything wrong with this, but I had the thought the other day, I, I really, I want to get to the point where I don't have to turn on worship music to get me back to where I need to be. That's not to make, this is my own conviction. Like, I love it, and I do it all the time. But I want to get to the point where I'm like, all right, I feel myself starting to go just veer. And I just quiet myself before the Lord. Like, that's what I'm longing for. And again, there's nothing wrong with the worship. Don't, 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 don't turn that into something that it's not. I'm just saying, I, I, I don't want to have to listen to an hour and a half of Chris Burns worshiping for me to finally feel okay again. Right? I actually want to get to the point where I don't need to do any of that and I'm just burning all the time. I'm not there yet. But I think he's going to get me there. He's going to get me there. It's just like that grand experiment that... There's this book that's really amazing, um, uh, Letters from a Modern Mystic. It was a guy that was a missionary, uh, goodness, about 60 years ago, and he just decided, I'm not doing really good doing missions work, so I'm going to try to commune with the Lord every moment of every day. It was this experiment, and he journaled through the whole process. And through him communing with the Lord, the Lord started helping him reach these Muslims that he was ministering to because he got the idea that maybe I should start translating their school books and I'll start slipping a little bit of Jesus into their school book stuff. Anyway, it's amazing. I don't know what brought that on, but it's worth the read. Let's just pray. So, Jesus, I just love you and thank you and bless you this morning. I would pray, Lord, that you would just help our hearts to burn for you. I would pray, Lord, that in the good times and the hard times that we would not, uh, we wouldn't fail to recognize you because we made a bigger deal out of our situation than our situation actually is, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would just be so in tune with you that we would recognize all the nuances of your spirit, all the ebbs and flows of you moving, Lord. I want to be, huh, I want to be like that Enoch, Lord, that took a walk and never went back to normal ever, ever again, God. I want us as a company of people not to, uh, I don't even know how to say it, so I'll say it like this. I want us to go on a walk with you, Lord, and never return to any familiar spirits. Never return in any old familiar mindsets or ways of thinking, Lord. We don't want to go back to normal. We're not asking you to rapture us off the planet. I'm actually believe we're supposed to ask you to rapture us up into your love, Lord. <laughs> Let's just get caught up in that swirl and that whirlwind, Lord. Let us just do that, Jesus. I would pray, Lord, that, that we would start to see what you're doing here 
Lord, not to put any pressure on any of us, but I would pray that we could see that what you're doing, if we would just walk with you, it has the ability to impact nations, Lord. It has the ability to change, literally change the planet. We're not a people that like, we, we love our church and we love what you're doing, but we just happen to believe that what you're doing is bigger than what you're doing in this room, Lord. I would pray, Lord, for, for any and all in the room that has went through seasons of discouragement and even the next time that they do, I'd pray, Lord, that they don't stay in that very long. I would pray, Lord, that you would send them someone to give them a prophetic word that helps pull them up out of that, Lord. I, I pray, Lord, that you would lay someone on their heart or let, you would lay them on someone's heart to just begin to pray and intercede for. But I, I, I would pray, Lord, that if we start going through those moments that we do not forget who we are, we don't forget whose we are, but we would just begin to press in and lean in to what you're doing in that moment because what you're doing in that moment is a great big deal. And if we would just stop and pause, we would see, huh? we would see, Lord, the, we would recognize your move. I pray you would help us to recognize your move, Lord. And most of the time when you move, Lord, it's not great big things. It's actually small seed form that you design, you give, that you do something small, Lord, and it gives us just enough hope. I, I'm asking, Lord, that you help us, Lord, not to despise the day of small beginnings, but to actually recognize the small moments so that we could see and recognize you moving, Jesus. And I would pray, Lord, for an increase within our own local body, myself included. I would pray for an increase in hunger and thirst and devotion unto you, Lord. I don't even know what it looks like, God, but, but, but I know I've said it before. There's hours where I don't think or consider you. I would pray that those time gaps become less and less and less, Lord. I would pray that you give us huh, a greater, a greater desire for an intimate and dynamic relationship with you, Lord. Father, I thank you for what you're doing. I bless the people today. I thank you for what you're doing in this house. God, I bless those that could not make it today because they're traveling or they have family in town or they're not feeling so hot or worn down, whatever it is, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would touch people at home today and I would pray, God, that they would not end up in discouragement because they missed a week or two or anything like that, God. But I pray, Lord, that you would just encourage their hearts today, Lord. So, Lord, we love you and we bless you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen.